This is a special edition of It Simply Isn't Done because we were snowed out on Sunday. Snowed out. Yeah, really kind of wind drifted out, maybe. And cold. Cold. Yes. Cold. Yeah, so we thought we'd take this opportunity to talk a little bit about um, the season the church is in with some transitions that are coming up, um, especially in light of where the Michigan uh, Annual Conference of United Methodists is. We're kind of in, we're in appointment season. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about what that process is like and what it might be here. All right. It's also Epiphany, which is the season of light. So we're enlightening all of your questions about appointment making in the United Methodist Church, a.k.a. how do we get our our pastors? How do we get our pastors? And how do we get rid of them? <laughs> yeah, how do we get our pastors to leave? And how do we get new pastors to come? So there's not really, um, you know, there's not really a scripture to go along with this. So I think we're just going to jump into it. Yes? Yeah, it's not it's not exactly like Jesus walking along the shores and seeing the fishermen and saying, come follow me. It is not. I mean, it may have started that way for some of our pastors who felt a deep sense of call. But once you connect to the United Methodist Church, it's a little bit more detailed than that. It sure is. A lot, lot more logistics. So here at Chapel Hill, um, this will... This will likely not be news to whoever's listening. We've been in a season of intentional transition. We've actually talked about it on the podcast before, but it's really been the plan for kind of years, Um, certainly on the church bringing a co-pastor in. So we've been preparing for this time when when Barry would receive a new appointment or uh, do something new. Do something (laughs) new. (laughs) <laughs> and we would receive another co-pastor. Yeah. And in some traditions, there is a call system, which is kind of like a, um, you have like a bank uh, of, of potential candidates, and then you interview them, and the church decides. Our system's a little bit different. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Barry? Yeah, our system is, uh, is an appointive system, and we have... We have bishops in the United Methodist Church, so it's an Episcopal system where there is a, uh, a pastor who is an elder in the United Methodist Church, just as I am an elder in the United Methodist Church, just as Jess is an elder in the United Methodist Church, but some bishops are uh, elders set apart to do this particular work of appointment making, that is taking clergy from within the uh, annual conference, which is a geographical region for us, it's the state of Michigan, and the bishop with the district superintendents, who are the the bishops assignees to different districts or smaller regional areas, uh, and together they work on connecting the needs of the communities and local church with the resources of the pastors, and they do their best to to. Um, make sure that the gifts and graces of the pastors meet the needs of the communities and congregations. So it's a, it, is, it is an appointive system, but it's also a cons- consultative system. So the, mm-hmm. the bishops and the district superintendents are in conversation with the existing pastors 
um, to to understand more deeply the gifts that those pastors understand uh, that they bring. Um, but also with the staff parish relations committee of a local church that is supposed to be keeping track of, you know, what the ongoing needs of the of a local church are, so that uh, when there is a a need for a pastoral change or when the bishop. Uh, says we need your pastor somewhere else right now, and so we're gonna we're gonna initiate a change. Um, so everybody's got all the information they need. Um, a little secret is that um, often often churches uh, like to blame the bishop for for moves for taking a much beloved pastor and and moving them somewhere else. Eighty uh, percent of of moves are initiated by pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, um, we entered into this season quite a while ago because I've, I've been at this church for a long time, and we knew that, uh, that it would be smart to have a well-thought-out plan for transition, and so we started working on a co-pastor plan, we being the guidance board and the staff parish relations committee way back when, and then... Uh, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, <laughs> and, uh, and we worked with our district superintendent, and Jess came first uh, half-time from Wesley Foundation, so we shared... Uh, shared Jess with the Wesley Foundation as she was director there, um, and then uh, and then full time here in the middle of COVID. So mm-hmm. you know we've had to say that we've had an interesting time is to to say little. So now we're at the point where we're we're doing transitions. So why don't you take it from there, Jess? Yeah. Um, the other the other thing I would add is that there's all these kind of unique words and there's this kind of unique language. But in addition to ours um, being an appointive system, it's an itinerant system, meaning your pastors um, typically, uh, they itinerate, right? They move around. They don't stay kind of in one place. So um, that's uh, for a whole host of reasons. And a lot of them are really beautiful. Um, It means that a pastor can give their gifts and graces for a particular season of the church life and then um, you know, move on and offer those same gifts and graces to a space where they might, more they might need that as well. So, um, you know, as pastors, we're not members um, of Chapel Hill, right? We're, we're members of the conference and kind of have our own church. So right now is kind of where we're in the, in the final stretches of what this transition will look like. And it's kind of when the, the appointments, um, are being made. So usually in January, the cabinet meets and they start doing this work. They start taking uh, stock of the churches. They start consulting with DSs and pastors who, um, who have requested changes, who are retiring, and they kind of put them all together and they look and they, they, they look at the needs and, and are in communication. So here at Chapel Hill, um, you know, we are... For, for West Michigan, you know, we're, a, we're a hearty mid-sized church and we're kind of, um, we'll, be, we'll be looked at sooner rather than later. And as will Barry, as a, um, as a valued leader of the conference. Um, and so we will, we will be probably receiving news very shortly of what this looks like, where um, the cabinet will consult with, uh, with a church and with Barry and say, hey, uh, might this might this be a good fit? Um, and then, uh, and then 
uh, will consult with the SBRC here at Chapel Hill and say, hey, we have this person that we think might be a good fit. And um, usually the first step is, is an openness, asking some questions of those district superintendents, but an openness to exploring more and to sitting in what we call an introductory meeting where a pastor will meet with the SBRC, get a little more information, and then there's, there is some time of mutuality after that meeting to say, hey, yeah, I, I'd like to proceed here on both sides, the SBRC and the individual pastor. Um, graciously, thankfully, we're in a conference where our bishop cares a lot about uh, that people saying yes. Right? The bishop does not technically have to care as much as ours, as ours does. Um, we really do serve at the pleasure of the bishop, but it seems most folks have the experience of um, this bishop really wanting it to be a very good fit for churches. Yeah, I think I would add that... Um the itinerant system that you that you spoke of, um, you know, was really it's historical. It's, it is historical, <laughs> and it was and hysterical. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I mean it was it was really it really evolved out of a place where um, uh, clergy were were exclusively men, uh, and if not if not the sole uh, breadwinner, you know, was single themselves. Yeah, I used to so say was, a lot, single single dudes on horses. Like, yeah. that's what this was really designed for. So it was much easier <laughs> to move the pieces around the table. Uh-huh. And, and a big part of being itinerant is that um, there was a high expectation that, that uh, pastors would preach in community mm-hmm. and be prophetic in community, which mm-hmm. meant to speak uh, political truths into community uh, and knowing full well that they may drive you out of town. Mm-hmm. So the itineracy meant that you were free to speak what you understood God was calling you to speak, knowing that there would be another town that the uh, bishop would, would assign you to, knowing mm-hmm. that you would, you would not be without a church. Fast forward, and um, you know, people people got married and uh, entered into love relationships, and uh, the economies changed, and uh, most of the households became um, two two career families, um, not just for financial reasons, but for, for call reasons. Uh, there there are calls to careers, whether they're whether they are within the church or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it became more difficult to, for bishops to just say, you serve at my pleasure, go. Yeah. Um, so we call it being tethered. So there's a reason that, that you need to stay close. It may be uh, you know, aging family members and mm-hmm. I need to be close by, whatever the reason. And that's th- a lot for the bishop and the cabinet to keep, uh, uh, to keep in mind as appointments are being made, but they do. And uh, all prayerfully considered so I think that's a big a big piece of um, of what enters into the picture now. Uh, there was something else I was going to say and then lost it. Oh well, I bet it'll come back. Maybe. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> yeah. So our our system can be it can be cumbersome, right? This this system there are there are pros and cons like with any. Um, and right now we're just kind of in the thick of it where there's a lot of hurry up and wait, um, where you get some bits of information, but all the pieces aren't together. And um, we know we know this is coming and have trust and faith in what um, to, <laughs> the best we can and what it'll look like. 
and um, yeah, the cabinet seeing fit for Barry to um, yeah go to a place where he can continue to flourish and thrive in ministry, and we can receive a pastor, and Chapel Hill can continue to do the same. It is, I, I can say from my vantage point, a huge, a huge gift to be able to celebrate someone so well on their way out, especially when the the church is doing new and exciting things. Um, there are some situations where it's not as easy to say that, where <laughs> a pastor needs to leave because it's not a good fit, or or something else happens, and that's not that's not this instance. Um, it is very rare for a Methodist pastor to be able to consistently use their gifts and graces and ministry in one place for over 20 years. Um, and that has been a huge gift you have given to Chapel Hill, and, and it will be a huge gift for your next congregation as long as you serve there. Um, so it's it's nice to be able to talk about this and not have kind of the, you know, whatever, whatever else happens sometimes in these sorts of transitions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one one of the you know because because really we just need to conf- confuse the point more. One of the things that people need to realize as well is that um, if there is a challenge we've had in in the appointment making system we uh, that we live under, is that we do that we have that system alongside with kind of a an economic standard that we mm. adopt as Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a there there's become this longer you're in ministry the more you ought to be paid kind of thing your compensation ought to, ought to be higher, and that makes it uh, a little weird because then we start measuring the appointments uh, not so much based on what God needs in that location, but um, what a pastor needs to or deserves to be paid based on his or her uh, length of time in in uh, ministry and so forth. It gets complicated, and we a lot we of math, st- yeah, a lot of math, <laughs> and we start messing with values. You know, and we come to that mm-hmm. place where uh, we again rub up against the allegiances between you know the kind of American standards of of. Uh, economic value and the values that God places on us as humans who are gifted with what is needed to do ministry. That that is that is hard and complicated, and systems are fallible for all sorts of reasons. If you get into the weeds with myself or Barry, we're pretty big proponents of universalized figuring out universalized salary for clergy for that very reason, so that um, you. It, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of the ickiness out of the potential equation. Um, yeah, because it's hard. And and your SBRC Chapel Hill has said very clearly, we want whoever has the best gifts and skills to to come alongside the church with what the church needs to come alongside our co-pastor. Um, you know, we don't want whoever is just the next rung up on the ladder that needs to be paid, quote unquote, needs to be paid as much as Barry. Um, and I'm really grateful to serve in a place that consistently has been really forward thinking about what the needs of the church are. Because um, that's, you know, y'all are, you are, you are rare. We have, we have a reputation here at Chapel Hill of being unique flowers, unique little flowers. Um, and I love it because it means we get to do cool and unique things. Like have two pastors who are co-pastors who aren't married. The only church in Michigan um, to my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, the only church in our jurisdiction 
uh, that's doing that. I know of some churches uh, that are in our denomination um, that are doing it out in um, Portland, Oregon. But other than that, this is a pretty fun and unique model of ministry that you all saw fit to forge away. <laughs> and we're going to keep doing that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, hopefully, ho- you know, I, I think it's easy for uh, folks that have leadership responsibilities to look at new things as bothersome because it changes the way they have to operate. I hope that's not the case. Uh, I hope that Chapel Hill and uh, Jess and I have been very open uh, with the cabinet in in offering this as a model that may help us do the ministry we need to do in community in a more faithful way. Uh, I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. I mean, I think for minimally for this season of life in the church, um, this model here has been really successful. I mean, it's in in context has been um, delightful. That's because you and I are awesome. (laughs) We we cannot hold anyone else accountable. (laughs) Sure. I mean, and and you all, uh, this church had a a lot to do in order to support that. We've talked about this before. Barry and I have have a coach where, especially in the beginning, we had to figure a lot out and both be uh, personalities willing to undertake this. And that's not true. You can't just plug and play any clergy person into the scenario and think it'll work. Um, However, um, you know, who knows what the future holds, but I'm really proud of the work we've been able to do um, and co-pastor it here at Chapel Hill. Yeah, and most days we still like to work to work with each other. <laughs> uh, you know, we... I say all days. <laughs> okay, all right. You can. You can I will go you. there. I will go there all days. Wow. Yeah. So we wanted to, um, you know, give you all an update, let you know that news is coming. Um, some, you know, some bits of it we have to hold pretty close, um, you know, to the vest. Some, some we have things coming. <laughs> some of it we have, frankly, no information about at all, and hope to hear from the cabinet soon. So um, you all, you all will be in the loop, and we want to communicate. Uh, we want to communicate well with you, so we're prepared. And we know how to yeah. how to celebrate this um, this time coming up, and and uh, yeah, start. Close a chapter and start a new chapter here at Chapel Hill. We'll have goodbyes and hellos to say. and mm-hmm. um, Cakes with faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of good stuff. Yep. And we look forward to it, and I'm sure we'll have more to say. Well, that's always the case. Um, hey, next week we're going to pick, frankly, right back up where we left off. We have a whole service that was ready to go with some excellent music, some excellent stories. We're starting the PCH playlist. If you haven't already, um, there is an actual literal playlist. You can go ahead and download on Spotify or Apple Music, and I would uh, commend that to you. It's from folks in the congregation that gave their songs, and we will pick up with that on the 21st. Yes. 